Good afternoon, and welcome to Barah Ministries, an intimate local Christian church with worldwide impact. My name is Pastor Rory Clark. Who is Jesus Christ? At Barah Ministries, we know this truth that Jesus Christ is God. And those who worship here worship the one and only God. Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 affirm it. For in Jesus, the Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. He is the head over all rule and all authority. He is the Lord, God the Son, 100% deity. He is fully God. He is Jesus, the Christ, the Jewish Messiah, 100% true humanity. He is fully man. And these two separate natures, God and man, are combined in one person. And nothing in the universe happens without his permission, including the death of the people that we love. Why does Barah Ministries exist? At Barah Ministries, we introduce people to the Lord. And we make a difference by teaching the Word of God verse by verse from the Lord's perspective and not from man's perspective. And we study the Word of God because it is the Lord's exact thinking. Second Peter chapter 1 Verses 20 and 21 say this, Know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own private interpretation. And no biblical prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. But men, carried along by God the Holy Spirit, spoke directly from the exact thinking of the God, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Bible is not just a bunch of stories. It's God sharing his thoughts with us. Well, today we're here to... Remember Jessica, Jessica Corona. Jessica is someone you will never forget. She was a woman. She was a granddaughter of Nancy and John Wayne and Amelia and Bernardino and to Daniel's parents. She was a daughter to Brenda. She was a niece to Terry. She was a mother to Tristan and Jenna and Joel. She was a sister to Melissa, Alicia, and Andrea. And she was a lover to Dan and Joel, and she was a friend to many, and it matters that she was on the earth. She was described by one of her sisters as beautiful, responsible, funny, smart, and bossy. And the bossy part makes her sound like my kind of person. (laughs) Because she was human, maybe when you think of her, you'll remember when your interactions with her weren't so pleasant. And maybe you'll remember her for all the things that she wasn't, for the things that you wish she was. And maybe you'll want to call to mind her mistakes. But the truth is, time has a way of melting away resentments. And when time heals, memory blurs. And all that's left is the memory that none of your lives would have been the same without Jessica as part of your story. You won't remember how she died, but you'll always remember how she lived and that she lived. And we're here today to remember her life. Jessica Corona matters to God. He loves her unconditionally. 1 John chapter 4 verse 8 says this, The one who does not love unconditionally does not know God, because God is unconditional love in his very person. God forgave Jessica for all her sins by going to the cross to die for her. He paid with his life and his blood for her sins, and he did the same for you and me. 
He forgives you for all your sins, past, present, and future. God does not hold our mistakes against us. But see, our human friends aren't so generous with us, are they? You know, many people in our family and many of our friends hold all of our mistakes against us. But God does not. Our friends aren't often as generous with us as God is with us. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 and 22, the Apostle Peter, who was one of the big mistake makers, asked about forgiveness. And here's what Jesus said. Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Peter was being amazingly generous because in Jewish law, it was said that you needed to forgive somebody three times. So Peter thought he was being really magnanimous by saying seven times. But Jesus said to him, I don't say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven times. That's how God forgives us, 490 times, and then 490 times after that. Jessica mattered so much to God that a billion years ago, he chose the exact time he would bring her to earth. Job chapter 14, verse 5 says, Our days are predetermined. The number of our months is predetermined by you, Lord. God allotted to each one of us a number of days. And there will be memorial services for each one of us at a particular time. But not a day less nor a day more than God ordained a billion years ago. The Lord Jesus Christ, the creator of the heavens and the earth and all that's in it, including Jessica, has always had Jessica in his mind by name. Matthew chapter 10 verse 30 says, the very hairs on our head are all numbered. There never was a time when the Lord didn't have Jessica in his mind. And there never will be a time when the Lord doesn't have Jessica in his mind. Because to the Lord... And I'm sure to you as well, Jessica is unforgettable. Let's listen to a song. It's incredible That's 
someone so unforgettable thinks that I am unforgettable too. Almighty God and Father, we thank you for Jessica Corona. Thank you for sending her here, and thank you for blessing her with three wonderful kids. And now the the time has come for us to mourn and to be sad, and we just ask you, Father, to lift the burden from our hearts. We know that Jessica is in your care, and we're grateful for that. And we just ask you to make the grieving less painful than it already is. We ask this through the power of God the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, amen. So here's what we'll enjoy today in today's memorial. We're going to remember Jessica, and we're going to be grateful for her life. So I'm going to read a passage from Job. And uh, Job was a guy who really was hurt by some of the things that happened to him in life and recovered well from them. We're going to do a, a See a Jessica Memorial video and then you'll get a chance to come up and, and say anything you'd like to say in reflection about Jessica and then we'll close with the gospel message. So, um, your family has experienced at least three deaths in the last three years. There was Nancy, then Brenda, and now Jessica. And frankly, when death comes to a family, as often as that, it can get you asking what the hell God is doing up there. If you think you have it rough, let's see what Job experienced in Job chapter 1, verses 1 to 22. So there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. 
And that man was blameless, upright, and fearing God, which means he was a believer in Christ, and turning away from evil. And that means he picked sides. He picked God's side and not God's enemy's side. Job 1-2. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. That's a lot of kids. His possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants. And that man was the greatest of all the men in the east. In short, Job was rich. Job 1.4. His sons used to hold feasts in the house of each one on his day. And they would send word and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. They were partiers. Job 1.5. And when the days of feasting had completed their cycle, Job would send word to them and consecrate them. That means to set them apart in his mind getting up early in the morning and offering burnt offerings according to the number of them all, he was praying for them. For Job said, perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. So Job did this continually, regular prayers for his kids. All parents are like that. Even in the secret moments, no matter what we think about God, we're always thinking about our our kids as parents and always hoping that things go well for them and hoping that nothing ever happens to them that's bad and we don't always say those things out loud but we feel them deeply in our hearts Job 1.6 now there was a day when the sons of God that those are the angels came in heaven to present themselves before the Lord and Satan the enemy of God and the head of the angels also came among them and the Lord said to Satan from where do you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. Satan is the ruler of this world, so he was boasting a little bit that he was walking around on his planet. Job chapter 1, verse 8. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? For there's no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Satan hates believers in Christ. Job chapter 1, verse 9. And Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Job 1.10. Haven't you made a fence around him and his house and all that he has on every side? In other words, haven't you protected him? Because that's what God does with us. He protects us from the evil one. You've blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have cre- increased in the land. What Job... what. Satan is insinuating is that the only reason that God worships, that Job worships God, is because God blesses him. Job 1.11. But reach out with your hand now and touch all that he has, and he will certainly curse you to your face. Job 1.12. Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not reach out and put your hand on him. You can do anything you want to him, but don't take his life. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. Job 1.13 Now on the day when Job's sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the female donkeys were feeding beside them, and the Sabaeans attacked and took them. And they also killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. 
And while that servant was still speaking, another came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Job 1.17 And while he was still speaking, another servant came and said, The Chaldeans formed three units and made a raid on the camels and took them and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Job 1.18 And while that servant was still speaking, another came and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind, a tornado, came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell on the young people and they died. And I alone have escaped to tell you. All ten of Job's children killed and one, t- one time by a tornado. Job one twenty. Then Job got up, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. Job one twenty one. And Job said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Despite all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. He lost his wealth. He lost his precious children, but he didn't blame God. Job wasn't mad at God. Job didn't blame God. Job accepted that his children and his possessions and his life were a gift from God, a gift to be praised. He enjoyed the time he had with them. Thirty-three years is not a long time. It's not a long time. I can't imagine how the kids feel, you guys. I remember when my mom died, and I thought I was going to throw up my lungs and my liver. I was so distraught because my mom and I were so close. But there isn't a day that goes by that I don't think about her. Her picture is behind my desk at my office, and I turn around and I look at her every day because I loved her with every piece of my being. And she was by no means perfect. Believe me, she's probably one of the most depressed people that I've ever met in my entire life. And extremely negative. But I didn't care because she was mine. She was my mom. And I loved her to death. So it doesn't matter the years that we have with somebody. Every moment is a gift. And it's something to be praised. Job enjoyed the time he had with his ten kids. And I encourage you to do the same when you think about Jessica. I I encourage you to just remember the times that you enjoyed with her. She was a gift from God. Enjoy what she meant to you. Carry her in your heart. And enjoy the unforgettable memories. And there are many. And they are not all positive. Some of them are hurtful. But enjoy those too. So let's reflect on her life as we watch this short video. Is it up there? Good. Yeah.
some lights up in here. Time for anyone who'd like to to come on up and remember Jessica. I was blessed to grow up with three perfect sisters. We had a beautiful childhood, and despite all the hardships we faced, we faced them all together. Growing up, a lot of the responsibilities that we had fell on Jessica, who was the oldest, especially because my mom at the time was real sick. Um, my mom always said that Jessica too deserved a card on Mother's Day. Jessica was super admired. Um, she was a leader. So beautiful, so smart, fun-loving, and extremely strong. <coughs> uh, playing Barbies and music trivia games are memories that I will always treasure. When we lose somebody, we always tend to focus on the things that we could have done. Like, what if I called her? What if I did this? What if I did that? But all those regrets that we have, they're all in the past. All of the mis mistakes that we made, they're all in the past. So what we need to do is remember the times that we had with our loved ones and I had a lot of real good times with my sister so I was super blessed to have a sister how I had <clears throat> all of these memories that we have are gifts from God every single one of them are so small gifts from God that we have to remember when we lose people because this life is temporary, super temporary, and <clears throat> we're promised one day that we'll be back again with our loved ones, and that's through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because God gave up his only begotten son, we're able to be, be with our loved ones again, Despite all the mistakes we've made and all the regrets we have, we just have to remember the times that we have been blessed with, that I was able to grow up with my sisters. Beautiful times that I shared with my sisters. <clears throat> and my sister, even though her life was a lot shorter than what it should have Ben, she had a beautiful life, and she gave birth to three kids. That that was her pride and joy of her life. So, 
she lives through her kids and her kids she would want her t her kids to live the best life that they can and to do everything that she didn't have the opportunity to do with her time here on earth um <coughs> I'm super grateful for all the memories that I share with her and all my sisters. And because of the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we can be with her again. And when it's our time, we'll be with her again. I love Jessica, and I hope that she rests in peace and that she's okay now. I love all you guys, and I say all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on. Um, um, I just wanted to say um, that I'll miss my mom very much. Um, the last time that I saw her, we had ice cream. <laughs> Um, we played at the park. It was a very good time. I, I didn't know that would be the last time I would see her. <laughs> um, we also weren't on good terms when she passed, and that's something that I regret and I think about every day. Um, um, we had a lot of good memories, um, a lot of bad ones. Um, But I'll always cherish them either way. Um, and I will always remember her and I will live to make her proud. Um, and yeah, that's it. My younger son is 30 years old, and uh, aside from my mom, uh, he's the person in my life that knows me better than anyone else and that I've been closest to. And for the last seven years, ever since he graduated from college, our relationship has been horrible. 
you know, not talking to each other, just horrible. And he just had a son. So I have a grandson that I've never met, and I found out about it on Instagram. And so I'm reflecting on what you said, Andrea, and I, I think that we waste so much time in this life with those petty things. We waste so much time. The truth of the matter about relationships is that there are great things about relationships we have and not so great things about relationships we have, and we need to enjoy both and not have a moment of regret about it. And your comment about us meeting again in heaven is absolutely right because of that atoning sacrifice of Christ. But, you know, memorial services are for the living, too. And grief focuses us. And it gets us to look at things that are meaningful in life. And when we really look at the people that are special to us and the, the acrimony that we have between us and other people, it always seems so petty when, when somebody that's special to us leaves here. So I encourage you to value the people that you see because it is a short time. Value them. Don't waste the time. So the closing moments of the memorial service uh, is a great time to remind you that God wants you. And what he wants from you is for you to make the most important decision of your life. Jessica is not dead. She's just no longer here on earth. And the soul once born never dies. It's housed in these bodies, and these bodies dies, but the soul does not. And each of us gets to choose where that soul spends eternity. And Jessica made that choice while she was here on earth, and we may not know her choice, but the Lord does. And a billion years ago, the Lord chose the exact time that he would return her to himself. And in the closing moments of our memorial, this gospel message is dedicated to anyone who does not have a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Where you spend eternity matters to God because you matter to God. And he wants you to be saved. You have a choice in the matter of being saved, and the choice is yours alone, and nobody can force you to make that choice. Nobody can tell you what choice to make. In John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, the Lord Jesus Christ is talking to a Samaritan woman at a well. And she found it unusual because she recognized that he was a Jew, and the Jews typically had wanted nothing to do with Samaritans. And after a brief introduction, the Lord says to the woman, everyone who drinks of the water in this well will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, and he meant the water of the word, the gospel message, this thing you're hearing right now, that person shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become a well of water springing up to the resurrection life. It is the Lord's will for you to live with him in heaven when you close your eyes in this life. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 say this, This is what is good and acceptable in the sight of the God who is our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, that who, who desires all men to be saved and who desires for all men to come to a knowledge of the truth. But unbelievers have a problem. Religion 
Satan's system that's designed to share a false gospel and a false Jesus. And is religion the way to be saved? Is religion the truth? Billions of people in this world are part of religions. And many believe that religion and its rituals is the ticket to heaven. And so they embrace religious beliefs that tell them how to live a spiritual life. And the religion claims that either there is a God or there are many gods, but the religion doesn't discuss how to have a personal relationship with God. Religions propose that if you don't do everything God expects, that he will be quite disappointed with you. And that regardless of your best efforts to follow the religious rituals, which you can't and don't do, even if you did all of them, the religion does not guarantee that following the rituals will get you into heaven. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. A relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ saves you. The truth the Lord wants you to know is how to be saved how to get to heaven when you close your eyes in this life. And he sent me to tell you about it. Getting to heaven when you close your eyes in this life is as simple as a nine-word conversation with God the Father, like the one in Luke chapter 23, verses 42 and 43. A thief being crucified next to Jesus was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Nine words. Jesus. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Just a nine-word conversation can get you to heaven. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Or if you prefer, it's a five-word conversation with God the Father. Father, I believe in Christ. Simply believe, which means take God's word for it, for what it takes to be saved, And that is the moment of eternal life for you. Who is this God who saves you? The Apostle Paul describes the Lord Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. I, Paul, deliver to you as of primary importance the gospel message I also received from God, that it was Jesus Christ who died for our sins according to the Old Testament scripture, and that he was buried and that he was raised from the dead on the third day according to the Old Testament scriptures. God does not hold your sins against you. God does not hold your sins against you. Ever. God, you have never disappointed God. He loves you unconditionally. But religion tells you different things. And religion is wrong about that. Now, if you reject a relationship... The relationship offer the Lord Jesus Christ makes to you, he will honor your rejection. Matthew chapter 13, verses 49 and 50 say this, So it will be at the end of the age. The elect angels will come forth and take out the wicked, which is a description of unbelievers, from among the righteous, believers in Christ, and will throw the wicked into the furnace of fire, and in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God was gracious enough to create a place for people to live who want no, no relationship with him. On the other hand, once the Lord saves you, no matter how hard you try, you cannot lose your salvation. You cannot make a mistake once you're a believer in Christ that would make you lose your salvation. John chapter 10, verse 28 says, I, the Lord Jesus Christ, give eternal life to believers in Christ, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. 
So follow the advice in Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and everyone in your household who also believes. It is not religion that gets you to heaven. It's relationship. A relationship with the one and only Lord and Savior, the one and only God, Jesus Christ. Have that conversation with him right now and you will be saved. Let's close with a song by our song worship leader, June Murphy. It's called Born Again. was blind but now I see once under condemnation now I have been redeemed once in the dark now in the light because I have believed in the death and resurrection of the Christ who set me free My father's mighty hand I know I've been forgiven Of each and every sin Because I have believed in Christ Who died and rose again I have been born
that saved a wretch like me. I'm a new creation, born again. We appreciate that. It's a great song. Let's close with some words of praise for our for our Almighty God. Ephesians 5, 15, and 16. Be careful how you walk. Be careful the lifestyle you choose, not as unwise people would choose, but as wise people would choose, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Jesus, and he will make your path straight. For the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you, He'll be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you, so do not fear or be dismayed. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. He waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice, and blessed are those who wait for him. So humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he might promote you at the proper time, slamming all your cares on his back, because he cares for you. And the words, he cares for you in the Greek, is an idiom, and it means God considers your problems to be his responsibility. And he certainly considers your grief to be his responsibility. Let us pray. Almighty God and Father, this is a painful time for this family. And we know that even though this is a surprise to them, it's not a surprise to you. We know that you've already made perfect provision for them. We know that you consider the hurt in their hearts to be something that you can calm. And so I ask you to do that. And as we go back into our lives, into the madness that's going on in the world today, and we feel like we're getting distant from you, I pray that the members of this family will remember that there is you and there is your word to be a comfort. You're an ever-present help in times of trouble. You're concerned about us, and you're always waiting with your arms wide open to accept us to you and to calm our fears and to relax our pain. Take good care of Jessica, and let her know that we'll be seeing her right soon. We ask this through the power of God, the Holy Spirit, in Christ's name. Say it with me. Amen. Thank you for coming.
Love.